Said G Podcast Show, hosted by Said G. And this show is sponsored by Said G Equity Investments. Before we go any further, please click the subscribe, follow, or favorite button. It depends on which format you are listening to this podcast, but this is how you get notifications for the latest episode. It's the Said G Podcast Show. I'm excited, I'm excited to be here with my here family, with family, which is you, which is your audience. It's the Said G, G Podcast, Podcast Show. Show. Welcome to the Said G Podcast Show. Salute to Casablanca, Satat, Morocco. Thank you for listening to the show. Be sure to check out my last episode, Antonio Carter Jr., a.k.a. Team Eastside Snoop. I'm excited to perform for the audience, and today I have very special guest, Robin the Writer. I definitely support her in all her endeavors as we talk strong black women, women of the struggle. It's the Said G Podcast Show. Tell a friend. Money Talk with Dexter and Said G. Live cast coming soon to castbox.fm. This show is all about finances. We will be discussing the stock market and other investments. Money Talk with Dexter and Said G. Live, coming soon on cashbox.fm. Welcome to the Said G Podcast Show. And like I promised y'all, I have special guests from the radio show, Black Women Magic with Robin Ryder, a good friend. We go way back. Miss Robin Ryder. How are you today, Miss Robin Ryder? I'm fine, and you said? I'm doing great. And I, I wanted to get somebody that would really be a help to this topic right here um strong black women women of the struggle uh it's a two-part series but this this part one i want to focus more on today's women or the women at least from generation x and the millennials and the post millennials uh but i want to start right off by asking you um what type of youth are we dealing with today what type of youth is we dealing with today? They had mothers that were very hardworking and they had to go out and work, uh, keep the household structured, raise young men by themselves without any help, form or fashion from the fathers or father figures in the community. And then we have the ones that did have structure in the household, had mommy and daddy, but they want to portray, portray the ones that did what they had to do. So 
that means that we have what we call back in our days perpetrators okay. and then we have the ones that basically had to do what they had to do now as of right now okay. as you know said there's no more crackheads really crack is a, it's, it's become a vitamin because you know back in our days crackheads looked like skeletons right and you know and now people can be weight 400 pounds and say they're a crackhead or whatever um it, it's just like basically your mom my mom me probably your children mother we did what we had to do to give our children what we didn't have so they didn't have to travel down the road that we had to travel down right but the sad thing is they want to pick up the so-called proverbial bag and they want to get on these um, songs and say all these things that they didn't do they didn't have to do they didn't have to live these lives they didn't have to eat farina and powdered eggs for dinner they just didn't have to do it they want it and they don't understand it that the reason why men like yourself and men that prominent black men that I know here in the city that is either dead or locked up or you know suffering from felonies and things by doing what we had to do had to do it and they don't and so that is what we did we're dealing with the residue that's what we're dealing with. Okay, definitely. I call it the residue of the crack era. And uh, I want to get your definition of a strong black woman. My definition of a strong black woman, of course, of course, is the the um, Spurs and the Tubmans and all of these other prominent figures from our past. But we are strong black women of the day. Right. Um, Michelle Obama that had to stick by a black man that people said wasn't black enough. Right. He wasn't black enough and I don't even want to get off into what he did and didn't do because I don't get off into politics and religion because people get killed over politics and religion. But strong black women, as like I said, we had to raise our own children. Right. Like even just because just because of the men of today are just not the men of yesteryear and especially raising a black man and it takes a very very strong black woman a woman of any type form of fashion color I'm emphasizing on black women because we have it the worst we have it the worst and we don't get the we don't get the marriage we don't get the um, we don't even get the freedom right because we don't we you know we get the side chick we get the have to go out and do what you have to do and then you criticize for being that person so um to me strong black woman of the day is is your mom is my mom is me is the woman that bear your children and the, the people especially here in detroit i don't know where you reside now where do you reside now i'm everywhere I'll be somewhere okay. everywhere. Right everywhere. It, it basically it well, I'm based in Tennessee. In Tennessee. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, we are the strong black women today. We carry the world on our back, okay. and, and and still have to deal with um, corporate America. Uh-huh. We have to deal with the police shooting our children down. Right. 
you know, they tell us that we can't spank them. We had to take discipline and prayer out to school. We can't spank them, but they can shoot them and kill them right. unarmed right. for nothing. Yeah, interesting point. It's the CAG podcast show. I got special guests, Robin Ryder, and those are some interesting points. Um, and I agree with you on that. And what's your opinion on Kamala Harris? Are you talking about this um, lady that's running for um, vice president? Yes. Well, at this point, I only have a negative opinion on her. Okay. And I, I, first of all, I'm proud of her that she's a woman. Okay. And that she's in power, in a power position. Okay. But I think that she could do better by her own people. Right. I mean, we have been, we have been basically ostracized and we have been shamed mm. for wanting to hurt, to be, I'm sorry, for wanting to make our people better. Right. Anything that we want to do for our people, it's like, oh, uh, like Kwame, he gave all the contracts to his people. Tell me what family, what structure doesn't look out for their own. Right. We are the only ones that's been ashamed of looking out for our own. own. And from what I have read about her in the research I've done, I'm certain to say that she is showing up because to me she's harder on black people than she is on other races okay. and that's just from what i've seen from her resume okay okay this is a G podcast show we'll be right back I had to find out a way to give back to the community. God has given me a vision to build a media studio. This media studio will consist of a non-profit public FM radio station. I want to thank everyone that has made contributions to the media studio for the future fundraiser. I have 16 years of experience in broadcasting. Log on to kickstarter.com and find out about my rewards program, which will give someone a chance to executive produce a said G podcast show. You can go to my GoFundMe link at Cedric Garth. The link is located in the description of this program, or you can simply click the support link. If you can't make a contribution, your blessing is good enough for me. Welcome back to the CG Podcast Show. I got a very special guest, Robin the Writer. Y'all got to excuse me on that lag, that lag segment, but uh, it's a good friend right here. I got mad love for this woman, very intelligent. And I want to ask you, uh, Robin, uh, tell us a little bit about the radio show. My radio show? Yes. Well, my radio show, Swag Radio, mm-hmm. At this point, since the um, pandemic, 
um, I've been on a hiatus. Okay. Uh, we're looking forward to starting right back up. And the owner name is Teresa Godwin, and she's from the east side of Detroit. And she started a radio show right on Harper and Chalmers. Okay. And um, if you're not looking for it, you'll miss it. And it's a great radio um, station, black owned, mm-hmm. and you know, it's very economical and it's very good for the community because in our community, I want people to know that you can be more than a beautician. Uh, you know, you can be more than a factory worker. It's, we can be everything that we want to be if we set our minds to it. The thing with us is setting our minds to it. So I, I really um, I appreciate Teresa and the whole Swag Nation um, group. Uh, she's a um, a producer. Okay. She was a rapper. Right. And um, and she and she's a very prominent black woman in the neighborhood. Okay, okay, okay. And um, tell us a little bit about your writings. Well, my writing. Okay. Well, as you know, you know me from way, 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 way back. Right. <laughs> Before I was dropping the writer when I was just a little fast robbing in around the neighborhood. But um, my writings, um, basically, I've always been a word nerd. I've always loved to write. I've always loved to read. Reading more so. And when they came out with what they call the, um, what they call it in the bookstores, the African-American authors, they ostracized us and they put in there every dope man's story made up or otherwise and it always just ends the same what a girl meet the dope man and she get the bins she get the the, the jewelry and etc the life the cheating on and become the side chick for the baby mama or, you know all this crap and the guy ends up in jail or dead or on drugs or on the run etc etc I got sick and tired of it because it's more to us than that so I decided to write myself and I write in a diversified method also because I have a self-help that comes complete with a workbook and I do dabble in fiction so I do have a fiction and then I have what I call contemporary Christian and it's called Noah's voice understanding the voice of God when you hear it because the voice of God is just our inner self our our inner being speaking out to us the one that we mostly chose choose to ignore so i had to put it in a story because a lot of people don't understand unless you give them a visual that's with the whole uh wop uh video that's just gone crazy um but um i don't know i guess i don't put down black women i don't put down women either way get it how you gotta get it but at some point in time I mean, I need you to teach these girls out here that's lost that it's more to life than a um, lot, you know. Right, right. Okay, that sounds interesting. And I, I heard you say that uh, from the fads running around the hood, robbing into uh, quite natural. I haven't spoken to you in I don't know how many years. I haven't seen you in I don't know how many years, but uh, exactly. it's uh, definitely a maturation there. Uh, where's the change come from, from the fads to the mature robbing? Well, it came from the fads Okay. Had to be a mother, and like when I when we knew each other, I, I had a daughter. Right. A 
did have a daughter, and um, I had a daughter from, um, you know, in, when I was growing up, dating a drug dealer, had a daughter. By the time she was three, he was deceased. He was, he was killed on the streets of Detroit. And then I had to raise her alone. And I promised myself that I wouldn't have another child unless I was married, which I got married, and that wasn't um, for me. Was it for me? Um, for different reasons. So then I'm back out here, single mom again, doing the same thing. And the change really didn't come for me for me until I had to have a son. I had a son, and his dad wasn't around. He was around, but not around. I mean, he's still around, around, but he wasn't around. And at that point in time, that's when I had to stop and realize, even though his father is not dead, is not jail, in jail, but he had been in some time, and he wasn't a drug, a drug addict, I just realized that I never thought about, this is not what I want to help me raise a young man. So... Therefore, I have to start looking at other aspects of life. Mm-hmm. You know, becoming a, a career woman, um, becoming a working mom, um, dating outside of my peripheral. Right. My peripheral was drug dealers. Right. Like, you know, you get your drug dealer, you're going to get this, you're going to get No, that's not what I wanted because I never wanted my son to even imagine mm-hmm. trying to live that lifestyle. Okay, interesting. It's the CG Podcast Show. I got Robin the Writer live with me. And we live right here in Detroit, Michigan. I'm actually in Detroit right now. Uh, uh, and I'm so happy to do this episode right here. And I do call it surviving the crack era, you know. And it, uh, to me, in my situation, it took, I call it rehabilitation, you know. And I had to really go through a lot of rehabilitation to rehabilitate my mind into what society is actually about, you know? And you constantly living this anti-social uh, lifestyle when you're running around in the streets, you're selling these drugs, you're trying to be Mr. Baller and all that stuff, you know? But I wanna- exactly. Yeah, it's a rehabilitation. Um, but look at it historically, uh, who would you look at as a, a strong black woman historically? Uh, historically, all black women were strong, no matter what they had to do. But to me, I guess the women of latter years, because they dealt with things very different. We live in a very public society, even for me. Right. You know, and I'm, I guess, what's considered now what middle age over the hill. I'm not sure, but we live in a very public society where it's like okay if to just throw your business out in the street. You know, back in the days, guys had like two, three families, mm-hmm. and you know, it wasn't blasted on Instagram. Actually, I want to thank God above that it was no Instagram we didn't have cell phones with cameras cameras wasn't on us all the time because Lord knows where we would be right now but I think that strong strong black women of our latter years was the ones that had to raise children not only their children some of them had to raise their husbands offspring right you know um it's just, it's just very different. I mean, I'm from the country originally where, you know, if your husband went out and had a kid, 
with somebody, you still accepted that kid, and especially if you accepted that man back, you helped, you you was an influence in that child's life, a positive influence. You helped out wherever you could. I'm not saying you was best friends and Polly and Marie living in each other's houses. I'm saying that you did things in a respectful manner. Where we live in a day society where a woman will hate a woman, uh, want to fight a woman, want to kill the kid, don't want my kid to do any, have anything to do with your kid. They have the same blood. You know what I'm saying? They have the same father. And I'm saying, oh, don't bring that baby around my kids. I know of a couple of women who have children. Oh, God, it's crazy. They, they basically traded husbands. And so they both got children by each other, guys, and the kids hate each other as well as the women. They have fought in church. Interesting. So yeah, that's so women is watered down. I mean, well, I'm gonna take a man back and hate the child. Right. And what and even if that child has negative influence on that side, then she just gonna be an even more negative influence. So what? Right. Through her and her baby. They had a question on Facebook that said if you saw your if you saw your husband's baby mother at the bus stop and it was pouring out rain with the baby would you stop right mm. and the answers just made me want to cry right interesting interesting and uh, I want to add though um, a part of that, uh, my rehabilitation I had to actually move from there to get out of that environment I had to get somewhere by myself you know where I can I can actually think you know and uh it took so a few. So you can know yourself who you were. Exactly. I had to find me. I had to get to know me, and I had to get to myself together spiritually. You know, it's it, it's a whole lot that goes into that, and people look at the uh the shiny part of it, but they not the ones catch, catching the actual headache. You know, so I'm thankful to God that I'm even here to even try to add a voice to some solutions. Uh, but I want to ask you, um. A lot of like men, some men and some women may say it like women are very strong to the point where they start. They like resembling a man. Uh, what you say about something like that? It depends on what you call a man. Okay. Just because I have to be a strong woman and prominent in my area doesn't mean that I resemble a man. Some women has had to take on the role of a man. And, and where, what is a man nowadays? You know, like exactly where you find it at? I'm not sure. And I'm not saying by no means that there aren't any good men out there because that is a lie. The whole thing about it is I really hate to say it, but it's not a lot of good women out here either. Right. Women out here, they don't want to know nothing. They don't want to learn anything. And it doesn't matter where you learn from. You always have to be teachable and approachable. Right. And it's not so. Um, so it's to where women are turning to women, men are turning to men. Because I guess that's more where it's more relatable for them at. And I understand I'm not judgmental, not judging anyone how to live their life. It's okay. But to say that we are becoming more masculine right. because 
we have to take on that role. We've had to take on both roles. Yeah. We should not have to discipline the children. It's the man's job. But now we have to discipline our own children. Right. Man's not around. Right. He doesn't want to hear it. Okay. Okay. Dig that, dig that. And I think um women, it's just my opinion that women is the backbone of uh our community and they don't get the credit for that and that's why i'm actually doing this show because they don't get the proper credit for what they actually do they actually keep what the piece of a community that we do get i think they the ones actually keep that together you know uh but this is the G podcast show i got robin the writer and we'll be right back Soon to be number one show on Spotify and Google Podcasts, the CG Podcast Show. And this weekly stock tip is brought to you courtesy of Spencer Enterprise and Investors Group, or Siege for short, where our motto is don't reinvent the wheel, just reinvest. This is Dexter, and now the info you came for. This week we will take a brief look into a concept called share buybacks. I want to bring to the attention of our listeners a prime example of share buybacks by highlighting Intel's recent decision to buy back $10 billion worth of their respective shares. A share buyback is performed when a company feels that their current purchase share price is undervalued or for lack of better words, extremely cheap. In this scenario, Intel has recognized such undervaluation and as a result elected to purchase $10 billion of current outstanding shares. This is a one tried and true method utilized by many of a company, however, Intel elected to do share buybacks in intervals as referenced by a previous share back earlier 2020 of $7.6 billion. Bill Swan, CEO of Intel, has provided a more flexible way of returning money to shareholders via dividend payments and a spike in increase of earnings per share. Remember to do the numbers yourselves. Again, you're listening to the Said G Podcast Show. This is Dex. I am president of Spencer Enterprise and Investor Group, uh, better known as Siege. And again, do the numbers for yourselves, people. Thanks for listening. Mass salute to Texas, Maryland, New York, Pennsylvania and Mississippi. Thank you all for listening to the show. The audience is a big part of who I am. It's all about social politics, hood social politics, and having a better community. back to the said g podcast show i want y'all to follow me on twitter at mr 911 and follow me on facebook at said g podcast i got special guests i go way back with this woman she's a very strong woman very intelligent i got mad love for uh we got robin the writer and i want to ask you uh robin uh given what's going on in america right now you got all these um 
these protests, the the racial stuff, and, and as a mother, um, how how do you deal with that? You know, I know your kids probably grown or whatever. Um, but what, what do you think about what's going on in America right now as a mother, as a strong black woman? Okay, you're about to get me in trouble here because I'm in trouble every day on Facebook. <laughs> you, can follow me on, you can follow me on Facebook, Robin the Writer, R-O-B-Y-N. Right. Um, or Robin Richardson, R-O-B-Y-N. Yes. Okay, now, as a, okay, I'm, as, I'm terrified. Okay. As a mother of a black man, mm-hmm. I am absolutely terrified because I don't want a cop to be the judge, jury, and the executioner of my son in a simple situation. Mm-hmm. Okay? But on the other hand, gosh, it's the thing with me is with us as a people. Okay. Us as a people, until, and, and, and I'm so sad that my point was proved mm-hmm. uh, the other day. Right. And it just said, until we learn to respect and talk and communicate with one another, right. nobody's gonna take us serious. Nobody's gonna respect us. I mean, come on, it's the difference in dealing with the cat and dealing with the lion. Right. If you had to go in a tree and get out a cat, okay? Mm-hmm. It's a way that you would go in a tree to get out that cat. You would not go in with a, a taser, with a gun, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a net, I'm not sure. You would not go in as aggressive as you would go in with the lion. Right. Am I correct? Right. With the lion, you're gonna go in with the with the with the, with the strap, of course. But here's the thing: this is uh, this is what we teach people. We are. Every time I go on social media and I have to see two women or two men or a gang of people, black people, my people, beating and pulling out here and bitch this and hold that and stomping somebody and and just doing this violent stuff to each other. Look at how they view us. This is how they see us. And that is why I have a young man that's sitting in prison right now that I'm doing his book that's coming out that said that the, the lady sit in a jury and say it look if he didn't do this he did something right mm. because this is who we showing them who we are this is who we showing them we're not showing them that we're mothers that we we are our supporters mm. that who we we are showing them that we beat each other and we kill each other every day a black person is killing a black person so you want to tell me black lives matter so does black lives only matter when a police officer or a person of another color kill a black person and it's not punished immediately for that is that the black lives matter movement because it is not please tell me who black lives matter to if it don't matter to us and it let and right the other day it was some type of situation going on on the east side mm-hmm. and it, the two girls got to fight right. and some guys got involved and it was a shootout and the guy ended up in church chicken door right. his car crashed I don't know if that person passed or not mm-hmm. but this is every single day all the time right. and we want people to not approach us with guns mm-hmm. right exactly. or not approach us aggressive Right, exactly. They don't know us. Right. And they're putting people where they don't belong. Right. Uh, 
Joe Blow cannot come and work on Six Mile. Right. In Thomas, because we're aggressive over here. We need our own policemen, people that know us of our color, of our nationality, that know how to say, get your ass on the ground, stop playing. Right, exactly. Or how to grab you and throw you on the ground. Mm. These white kids they that's coming out of this academy don't know us. Right. And they don't care. And they taught, hey, you better go ahead and kill them before they kill you. Right, exactly. 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 Uh, that's interesting. Um, uh, There's it, it, so much we had to deal with um, as African Americans. And uh, this is Said G Podcast. Y'all got Robin the Writer live with me, right? We were coming live from Detroit. And uh, there's so much to think about. And uh, it's a cesspool of that um, that negative image. That's, that's uh, and I, I agree with you with on that you know the negative image you know they can't do nothing but react that way and i think that i when my nephew passed away i see how people people dealt with that you know when the white man or the police man do something to you, y'all riding y'all face the police like it's nothing y'all go in there and burn down the police station but when the black person killed the black person the next thing people want to do is just smoke a blunt or just pull up the next drink like it just didn't matter to people you know and I found That's that, thing. and I do remember that with your, with your nephew and right. my condolences. As you know, your auntie is a very, very good friend of mine. I love her to death. Right. Um, Drina, Damanisha, mm. you know, I we, we support each other in everything we do. Mm. Another strong black woman. Right. Right. Mm. Um, and, and and here's the thing. Mm. See, we are so discombobulated. Right. And, but and crack backwards. Right, you're so discombobulated. Mm-hmm. And yes, what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. And like, we got this no snitch law. So right. I just want to educate your listeners on what a snitch is. Okay. Now, a snitch is, if me and you decide we're going to go, mm-hmm. then we're going to rob a bank, right? Right. We decided consciously, two adults, mm-hmm. we decided that we're going to go and we're going to rob the bank. Right. And I get caught. Okay. I get caught, you get away. Right. And if I say, well, say it was with me, mm-hmm. I'm snitching. Right. And I'm snitching because I'm a grown woman and I made a conscious decision to do a thing. Mm-hmm. And so you caught me. And just like you caught me, mm-hmm. then you go do your work and you catch him. But I'm not going to give you the information. I'm not about to do your job for you. Okay? Right. Mm-hmm. That's a snitch. Mm-hmm. Now, when somebody break in my neighbor's house, right. And I say, he broke in my neighbor's house. I'm not snitching. No. Because my house is next. Yes. So when you sit and see JoJo kill Ray Ray and say, I'm not snitching. Mm-hmm. Well, don't be mad when he killed little, little Sid. Right. Because you gave him a right of passage. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good analogy. It's something to and think I'm about. Sick of it. Right. I'm absolutely sick of it. Right. Right. It's something to think about. And it's something we got to deal with. Um, it's incredible. Um, but about, we nope. don't deal with it. Right. One second, we don't deal with it and mm. let it hit home. Right, exactly. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. So when JoJo kill Ray Ray, it mm. really don't have nothing to do with me. Mm. That's them down there. Right. But if he come and kill, we'll say it. Now mm. I want somebody to say something. Somebody mm. saw something. Yeah. Could you say something? Right. But come on, really? Yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. And that's exactly how it is. It's like, let's skip over it with the next blunt at, poke up the next, eat the next chicken wing and 
I just, worst thing you can ever do is put down these liquor bottles right at the place where people i, I hate it I, I just our mindset but it's our mindset so we really just can't go and pounce on people and be like oh this it's our mindset and we all got to get together and we all have to change we all we have to work together as a community so the thing about it is we can't just keep talking about it right. we have to be about it we have exactly. to workshop we had to do workshops. You'll yeah. be surprised how many young guys that mm. can't change a tire, right. can't change brakes, mm. don't know how to mow a lawn. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. Right. Right, right. Exactly. I agree with you. Uh I wanna ask you this though. Um black women do have a bad stereotype. Uh, they consider to be angry, over emotional, or have attitudes all the time. What do you say about something like that? And most of the time, it's the truth, and it's a mindset because of so much that we've had to hold in. And sometimes it comes out very negative. We've been known, yes, we're called violent, we're called angry, Mm -hmm. we're called the B word, we're called a lot. But black women need healing also, just like the black men. Right. We all need healing. But see, one thing about the African-American community, mm-hmm. we don't take advantage of what we have. And we have been shamed out of, we, we easily get shamed out of something. Like back in the days, you know, when we, we had kinky hair, we was ashamed. You know, they called bald heads, scallywag, and this, that, and the other. So now we want to wear this European hair on our head. You know, and do I they steady getting perms and getting theirs curly and trying to get they trying to be us. We was ashamed for having big hips and big butts and they going to pay for big butts and big hips. We was ashamed for having big lips, full lips or whatever, and now they're going they we let people take everything from us. Right. Exactly. Everything. We let them say, Oh, you shouldn't have that. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, and that is why we carry a lot of frustration. So, the same as with mental illness. Mental illness is an illness. Okay. Okay? And it's even worse than if you cut. If you get a cut, because if you get a cut, you know how to put some neosporin on it. You know how to to doctor it, and it's going to heal. Emotional cuts, not so much. Okay. But we're not going to see a therapist. We're not going to see a psychologist. We're not going to see a psychiatrist because we don't want to be considered as crazy. Exactly. Okay? No, we have to let go of these stereotypes and start getting the help that we need. Because mental health, these people are going out getting mental health. And it's helping them to, to come to us because they can go out and kill up a whole bunch of people and say, look, I got bipolar disorder. It's already documented. Right. And, and it, oh, well, we got to consider mental illness. It's an illness. Right. We don't even go get grief counseling. We lose a loved one and we just keep on. We, we It's just like a woman get raped and, and get up and go take a bath and go back and live her life. Mm-hmm. Right. Something right. traumatic happened to you. Mm-hmm. You need to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. That's interesting. I got my special guest, Robin, the writer. Um, go ahead and give out your um, your Instagram, your, your Facebook page, and any last things you want to say to the audience. We definitely got to come back and do this again. I want to just, first of all, thank you. Mm-hmm. I thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm between um, radio stations right now. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, about to... In- 
Sparkin' and Deeper on the AM station. And I'm about to launch my own podcast. So I'll be looking forward to you. Um, and I am Robin Richardson on Facebook. And um, you can reach me there all the time. And my email is r.richardson at 66 at yahoo.com. And I am on Instagram as Auntie Robin. And I'm, I'm an author, editor, playwright, director, you name it. I'm dabbling in it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so those are my credentials. And I'm just like so happy that you are even addressing this situation. And like I told you earlier, you were one of the young men that can't address this situation. And I would love to get together and do some type of workshop uh, together with some more prominent young men um, because society really needs you. Exactly. I want to thank you for that offer, and I'm all, always down to help uh, the community, especially uh, for people I know and um, have a long-standing relationships with. But it's the CG Podcast Show. This is Thilo. I'm doing a big shout out to my big bro, the CG Podcast Show. Love you always. Six miles forever, bro. Robin, the writer, for joining me on this episode. This is a two-part series. In part two, I will be going into more of the historical, strong black women, um, women of the struggle. Like I said, women don't get the credit that they deserve, you know. And uh, Robin, the writer, I go way back with her. I got mad love for her. She's such a sweet woman. And I knew the fast Robin (laughs) And this is the mature version of Robin. But, you know, we come from that era. As a dope boy, we wanted that type of woman. We wanted that um, that fine, sex, sexy, jazzy, uh, I don't know what title we may have for those type of women of those days, but that was a, a fixture. If you were selling drugs, you wanted the, the bad, flaring type chick on your side. You know, that's something that we... Uh, look for and they did look for the drug dealers we come out of that era you know and it seemed like that was the thing to do and as adults and as mature adults we see that we're chasing the wrong thing you know our mindset was set for that for that type of uh, behavior so uh, she was one of those attracting type women and uh, again that was the mindset to actually date somebody like a, a the former Robin or in her position that the women out there, they would try to date me like that, you know, they figure they can get money out of you or whatever, you know, and that, all that stuff was messed up, you know, so, and you know, you learn and you live and you're supposed to, you're supposed to do better when you learn. So uh, when they say you learn better, you're supposed to do better. So that's exactly what um, a person like she did. Uh, she woke up at a certain point and said, this is not it. You know, there's a certain point where I said, this is not it, you know. But go back and check out the Team Eastside episode, you know. And, and um, I did an episode on Six Mile, and Robin, Miss Robin is definitely a part of that, that Six Mile movement. And, and again, it wasn't about creating a gang or nothing like that. It was strictly camaraderie, you know. Uh, I got mad love for her family. And shouts out to um, Bo, Tito, uh, Char- Char- Charlene, Nookie, 
uh, shouts out to them. And shouts out to my Auntie Drina, too. She, uh, she been a queen, you know, I've always looked up to her. Uh, she a roadie, so... Uh, she always was sweet towards me and respectable respectable towards me. It's all love, so uh, that's my auntie. So, But coming up, I got part two coming up soon. Um, we're going to go into more of the historical facts. We're going to talk about Coretta Scott King, Betty Shabazz, talk a little bit about Harriet Tubman, you know, the historical type stuff. But this episode is all about today's women, and there's a lot of strong black women figures out there. Uh, in the public, I have Michelle Obama is one of them. I, I absolutely love Michelle Obama. There's no doubt about that. You know, she's the type of person that'll give you chills up your arm just because her strength and the way she speak and she know the plight of our community. So, shouts out to her. So, I want to thank Miss Robin, the writer, again for joining me on this program. We're gonna come back and do it again. I can't wait. All love.